Welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brucker, and today I am joined by a very special, lovely, lovely lady right here with me. My fiance, Kat, is sitting here recording with me. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. So nice to be here with you in our closet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we just moved, and this is the only place that is soundproof in the house. it has clothes. Yes, yes. And we don't have furniture just quite yet. Yeah, we don't have furniture anywhere else in the house, but this is this is going to work. This is this is going to work well. Uh, today, we are talking about the new Candyman movie. Uh, we went and watched it this morning, and in this, a theater. Yes, in an actual theater. This was, uh, I'm. It was so nice to go back to. Th- this was our first movie back into theaters in I think two years. Yeah, and I will say. So it was nice to go to a theater and have the theater experience. However, we do own a projector. I, I do. I did kind of like sit there and go, yeah, I could do this at home. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I was like, no, this is, this is, I, I was like, oh, this is great. And like, especially when we watch the trailers. Like, Okay. The trailers. That's, 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 yeah. The trailers were amazing. That was exciting. Yeah. Like we got to see the Halloween Kills trailer. And that yeah. was I was that was so nice to not see that on my phone. So that was really yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. I will I will say that the trailers that I was very excited for the trailers. However, like sitting there, um, I don't know. I was like very excited to be back and for the spectacle of it and everything. I would have been more excited if you let me get popcorn. <laughs> you could have gotten whatever you no, wanted. No, you said I couldn't get popcorn because hands. Yeah, it's I was like the food that most people touch with the hands. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Since we're, you know, we're still kind of, you know, in a pandemic. I didn't want like kind of. We're, <laughs> we're still in a pandemic, but yeah, I didn't want like hands and like the food I was going to eat, and that's why we went in the morning. We went a week after this movie has been out. It was you and me, and I counted only five other people in the theater, so it was a really awesome they experience. All stayed very far away from us. Yes. And it's not because of the pandemic. I'm excited about it. that. It's just I don't, I don't want to be near people. <laughs> So, um, so before we get uh, to talking about Candyman today, um, I wanted to let people know that you were the person that came up with or did the cover art for the show, which I love, and I get lots of compliments on all the time on Instagram. But well, uh, thank you, I appreciate that. So, what we're doing here today, we are going to be giving our kind of like quick review, sort of, of Candyman. I'm finally now in a spot to where I can record episodes again which i'm really excited about i already got two episodes recorded i'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of this but so i wanted to come back with a review of a new movie which was which was Candyman, and um this was a so first off we're going to have kind of like our spoiler free review of it you know what we thought of it will we recommend it you know not without spoiling anything and then we'll kind of get into like a little bit more details about like more specific things in like the second half of this, so and we will give you spoiler warnings. But um, so yeah, so that's what we are doing here today. So I guess first off, we watched the original Candyman from 1992, the Bernard Rose's Candyman movie, which was phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it. It's actually my first time seeing it. I actually feel, I don't know, stupid for not for taking so long to have seen that movie. That movie was great. Yeah, no, I liked it. Yeah, so I I liked the new one a little bit more, but and I think that's where you and I differ a little bit. Yeah, it is. We don't agree on this, but but that's it's okay. okay. So okay, so I guess we'll just go ahead and talk about the 
our spoiler-free review. My overall opinion is that it's a good movie. It's very well, I think, crafted. Um, the cinematography is what stuck out to me the most. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. I loved, 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 loved the opening. Um, is it a spoiler if I say that everything's backwards? No. Okay. So... Well, we're talking about the the like opening. the like the studio logos, and like the well, opening I mean, credits. Yes, yeah, yes. Is, is it a spoiler if I say it's backwards? Okay. Um, so in the beginning, everything's backwards, like the studio logos, um, and it you ha- are kind of like a backwards, upside down view of the city of Chicago and the buildings, and it's. It's such a different perspective, and I loved the darkness and the clouds and the buildings. I just loved the way everything looked. It, like, made me want to go home and do a mood board, like, <laughs> of just that because I loved it so much. So I, I loved that. Yeah, and that's not a spoiler because a lot of people – because that, it's playing on the theme of mirrors, which is what – you know, you see a Candyman five times in a mirror – Right. And that, that's kind of what that, and it took me until like a couple hours after the movie to, for that to click in my head yeah, why we, they were backwards. <laughs> we had, there was a whole, there was a whole discussion about this because I, I apparently, he apparently couldn't hear me when we talked about it earlier, but I literally pointed that out. And then like an hour later, you were like, oh my God, I just got that. And I was like, we had this discussion. We talked about that. And that's when I found out that you said that you couldn't hear me. It's fun when I talk to myself. Yeah, my hearing's not so great, especially in a restaurant when I can't hear people. But anyways, so <laughs> so yeah, the the visually this movie is beautiful and I loved uh so I guess I should talk about the director is the director was Nia DaCosta and I felt like that the direction and the cinematography was definitely the strongest points of this movie. Um, I, I did like the characters too. I didn't find it to be particularly scary. I thought that the original one was way scarier than this. Yeah, we differ there. Hmm, interesting. I'll, I'm kind of curious to see. I thought the kills were generally good. There's one that really stuck out to me in particular I'll talk to, talk about in the second half. But, I mean, overall, it was like, it was a really good movie, and I do encourage people to go see it in the theaters. I just, I'll say it's good, not great, and that, that's just my opinion on it. But um, so I know you liked it a little bit more than me. Yeah. Um, and I did. I did think it was scary, but not in a slasher movie kind of way. All the scariest parts were things that are like can happen in real life and do happen in real life. Um, talking about like all like the racial commentary in this. Yeah, that is definitely part of it. Um, but uh, I mean, there was an aspect of some potential domestic violence. There was the racial um, injustice, and it's elements like that that happen in everyday life that made this movie scary. Yes, there was this, you know, supernatural killer killing people and you know slasher stuff. That wasn't the scary part. The scary part was everything that's kind of real yeah the I, I agree with you there that the that was definitely like the more it was thought-provoking there like the commentary on this is very on the nose it doesn't leave a whole lot of room for ambiguity or interpretation really and that part is definitely 
scary, but like you said, from like a horror movie perspective, or like a, it wasn't scary in the same way like a slasher movie. No, or and even I'd the original argue was that scary. The, the uh, first one wasn't either. I I thought the first one was pretty scary. Okay, I didn't, um, <laughs> except for the parts again that were too real. Well, the first one had a lot of like jump scares and kind of like scenes of tension about like you know what what's going to happen with this character in this scary spooky area and we didn't get that much of that with this movie really i wouldn't call them jump scares but you definitely had to like you had to be paying attention if you were paying attention he was popping up everywhere and it was like oh he was popping up but it was more of like Candyman is like a, a definite presence in this movie but it was more just like lingering subtle silent scary presence not like jumping well, no, jump scare presence because like the whole thing about Candyman is he's not like just gonna slash you up he's gonna fucking ruin your life um something else that i really liked about this is that i felt a lot of connective tissue of this to the original movie from 92 um it, we're we're following uh i just don't I, that might be a spoiler i don't know if i want to say that but I don't know. I like there. There is a lot of connective tissue and kind of like nods and Easter eggs, sort of, to the original movie, and I like that a lot. In this, that was really fun to point out. Yeah, there are a lot of callbacks to the original movie. Um, it's definitely a sequel. I would definitely recommend seeing the first one before seeing this one. Um, you'll get the explanations of things. Um, but it, it'll make more sense and mean more to you seeing the first one. Mm-hmm. But arguably this could be a standalone movie because they do kind of explain everything. Yeah, and that's something that's like weird, like like a, this weird trend in horror that's going on right now where we have these sequel reboots that have the same title as the original movie. Like we had Halloween 2018, this, and Scream, that's coming out in January, is doing the same thing. And it's... I kind of, I I kind of dislike the trend of them keeping the same title as the original movie. Like now, you have to differentiate between Halloween and Halloween twenty eighteen, or have to do that with Candyman twenty twenty one. I kind of wish that they would just give it its own, I don't know, subtitle with it. But yeah, that's just me. All right, so I guess with that said, we'll go ahead and transition into the spoiler talk. We'll talk about a little bit more about like specific scenes and sequences and stuff like that that we liked or didn't like and then um so if you haven't seen the movie and don't want to be spoiled uh go ahead pause see the movie that come back and you can hear our thoughts all right so now can i say it yeah anthony's the baby i said that earlier but I also don't know if that is a spoiler because his name is Anthony, like on IMDb. Anthony being the baby from the first movie that Helen saved from the fire. Yes. But I don't know if that was because I didn't. I watched only a couple of trailers, so I wasn't sure if it was. Like, I don't know. You figured that out pretty fast. I went into this knowing that because you told me that. Yeah, well, just because I looked on IMDb and his character's name was Anthony. But anyways. I <laughs> things that I really liked about this about the character Anthony specifically was, was one I thought it was pretty interesting to be following a, a male character in a horror movie because typically we follow final girls in these types of films so I thought it was a, a nice 
change of pace to be following like like a black man in a horror movie. We kind of started following the girl at the end. We did start to follow Brianna in kind of like the third act of the movie. And she did kind of sort of become a final girl in a way. But um, I mean, she absolutely did. Yeah. So I, I just I, I don't I guess I kind of liked that kind of change of pace um, with that a little bit. You know, it's following this black man in this movie. And I also really liked how all the parallels that they drew for, uh, comparing Anthony to Tony Todd's Candyman. Um, and that, you know, they were both painters. What? Painters? Yes. Okay. Sorry. They were both <laughs> painters. Uh and I, and Anthony, his hand, the same hand that Tony Todd's Candyman lost uh, in the lynch mob, uh, got stung by a bee. We kind of see like this infection spread all over his right hand and arm, and we kind of just like slowly see him. Kind of, there was there's a bunch of like visual like like I don't know, representations of like parallels between him and Tony Todd's Candyman. I kind of like that they are positioning him to kind of become the new Candyman and that there's definitely definitely something there about how when Candyman took him when he was a baby in the first movie that he some possibly like projected something onto him as a baby for him to step in become the new Candyman they kind of went that direction in the third act of the movie that I'll kind of talk about that in a, in a little bit but uh, yeah that's something that I really liked was how much that they were drawing those comparisons between those two characters I l- also liked that as well I was a little confused where the laundromat guy came into that oh Burke uh, yeah I will say I feel like yeah. that got kind of thrown in at the last minute with like the end and I was just kind of like wait why is he insane and in doing this yeah that was so that's kind of like where my I guess gripes with the movie are like there's so much about this movie that I really like and like I said I do recommend people to check it out and have your own opinion but it's the third act of this movie really like the last 15 minutes I it just didn't exactly do it for me um and what you were talking about was William Burke's character played by Coleman Domingo who by the way I loved his voice I loved him giving the exposition of the whole Candyman story to Anthony. Like I, I same thing with like Tony Todd. I love Tony Todd's voice, you know? So same thing with, uh, uh, Coleman Domingo. I was like, Oh man, he has like a really awesome like narration voice. I just love, I love that they allowed him to give exposition here. But anyways. Yeah, um, no, I, I completely agree with that. I just, <laughs> he seemed so like normal. And then all of a sudden he was so very not normal. Yeah. And I was, so confused by that yeah i didn't get that either so he's like one minute he's just telling the story and people are you know relying on his narration and he's calm and collected and a normal person and then the second like the next moment you know he's grabbing brianna and shoving kidnapping her tying her up and cutting off anthony's hand and like shoving a hook in there like what the fuck happened? I feel like I missed something. I wonder if we were to rewatch the movie, if we would pick up more on that. Just because during when he is about to cut off Anthony's hand, he does kind of do like that <laughs> evil villain sort of like, I'm going to get more exposition to my evil plan here. And he did talk about how, so again, there's, there, there's more connected tissue here to the beginning in that in the first movie. I mean, in that 
Candyman in the original said that, you know, he lives in myth and legend. Like he he's able like his ghost or whatever is able to survive because people fear him and they talk about him, you know, in like corners and like they talk about him as like a ghost and a spirit, something you shouldn't mess with. But ever since the Helen thing, um, that he pretty much like the legend has it no longer exists and people don't talk about him. Like Anthony at the beginning of this movie, uh, Troy, Brianna's, uh, Brianna's brother tells them the story of Helen and not Candyman. And so it's Burke is trying for some reason is trying to bring back Candyman by spreading the rumors again. And he somehow knows that Anthony was the baby that was supposed to come back to Cabrini green, which I don't get. Yeah, and there's, like, a point where Anthony goes to confront his mom. Which was a really good scene. I like that. I really liked that. But he also, like, was acting like he knew that he was the baby from the first movie. And I was, I was confused how he knew that. Because all of a sudden, like, he knew nothing about Candyman to, like, something weird's going on to, oh, I'm the baby. Like, he just wanted his mom to confirm that. And I was just like, how did you get there? How did you really, like... I think we're supposed to pick up that, like, the nurse telling him that he was born in Southside. One inconsistency in his whole life, and he (laughs) suddenly realizes he's the baby. I don't know. Yeah, again... It seems like a stretch. Yeah, and again, I, I I appreciate the the direction that they went with Candyman in this. Um, and that is so like the main difference here is that like what Burke explains, which by the way I love the nod to his name being Burke. Burke was the name of the psychiatrist that Candyman murdered in front of Helen in the first movie. Anyways, Burke explains that Candyman's no longer a person; he's a hive now. That's like how the writers have changed the the canon of Candyman. That is no longer just... And I want to come back to that. It's no longer just like the, the Tony Todd character, even though they do say he was the first one. But there are there over the decades, there have been many different black men to be Candyman. And they all seem to have been... They all seem to have been linked to some sort of like racial injustice that that kind of birthed their mythology, which is, I think, a very interesting take on that. I was just kind of looking forward to seeing Anthony's character be the one Candyman and go through and kill a bunch of people, but we didn't. I mean, we kind of got that, but you know what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm going to circle back on this because there is so much I want to say about that Um, because that is what I was trying to say without spoiling it before we did the spoiler thing. That's what I was trying to, like, touch on, mm-hmm. is that message. But I'm going to circle back to that. Um, I just want to say real quick that I like the hive idea because I felt like I was too negative on it. I like the hive idea. It's just that the the rest of the plot and story that we got didn't exactly equal the ending that we got. That was my big problem. I just wish it was a little bit more cohesive. But, okay, I just want to get that okay, out. Okay, I have to disagree with that. I will sort of Okay, okay, that. okay. Um, <laughs> But um, um, one thing that I think kind of gives grace to the movie um, for some maybe unanswered questions or gaps that we feel like we're missing in answers is that the first Candyman, one of the reasons I didn't care for it as much as I like this one, um, 
is that it kind of it feels like a fever dream. It feels like a fever dream. There are a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of gaps in things. Um, most of them make sense and you're able to fill in the holes in your mind, like fill in the gaps yourself. Um, but yeah, and so I think that kind of going into this with that same kind of mentality might make up for some of the questions that we have left unanswered on like how certain things happened. What happened to Burke? Why did he suddenly snap? Um, how did Anthony know that he was suddenly the baby with one inconsistency in his whole life? And like, you know, so I think just like the essence and flow of the original Candyman and the fever dreamness might be able to like bring some grace into the situation. Okay. Now, going back to the hive mentality, I loved it. I thought that it was such a poignant message, and and I don't know. I know that in the original movie, the sequel, the original sequel, kind of touches on his backstory with the um the lynch mob. Yeah, with the lynch mob and his death, and so the room for the commentary on social justice is there there's it's always been that room but I don't know if it was ever their intention to say that the candy man is part of a hive it's it's a hive it's not one thing it's a collection of many and um Mm. so I don't know if that was always their intention but there was definitely the room there and this Candyman brings out that um, storyline of it's not just one guy. Hmm. It started with the one guy, um, but throughout history, Candyman is every black man that has ever been murdered. And that was just like, I really liked that. I, I think that that brings a lot to the story. Mm-hmm. The movie just doesn't end with Tony Todd CGI saying, you know, tell everyone. It continues to tell the story, the credits, during the credits, the little... Um, like shadow... Shadow puppets continue to tell a story, black men that have been murdered. And... um. There was not no... just murdered, but like uh, by lynch mobs or like police brutality or like just yes, kind of like they the... were they were murdered because they're black. Mm-hmm. Like what really stuck out to me is the first one was a child that was obviously accused of something and then electrocuted, which it didn't directly say, "Oh, that's George Stinney. Oh, that's Emmett Till." But I immediately, my thoughts immediately went to those Mm -hmm. two boys. And it was like, oh, fuck. Like, like, oh, shit. Like, that's real. They definitely didn't do it in a way that they were trying to use these boys' deaths, very real deaths, as something to make the movie scarier. Just to, like, push their narrative. 
they were doing it to push the message of the movie. And I can't even put it into words. Still, that that's what, like, my brain ex- exploded. And that's what, like, I, that's what I was tearing up in the restaurant about. Because I, I couldn't shake that, that, oh, fuck, that I felt inside. It was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. that's and... the only way I can describe it. And I think... I think that that was a very important inclusion because, I mean, again, and they didn't directly say, oh, we are adding their stories to this, but they were very recognizable. Yeah, and it definitely, like, like, because we stayed for the whole credits, and it, like, clicked so much more with me because shortly before the movie ends, um, when Anthony is summoned as the Candyman to protect Brianna, um... We see him do, he walks around the car, and as he's walking through the car, around the car, we see the ref, his reflection, but every few seconds, his reflection changes of a different man, and one of them was even the little boy, and they're all dressed up in the same Candyman getup and everything, and as we were watching, the the little boy didn't, like, I don't know, it, like, it didn't trigger anything in my head, but then when we saw the credits, which was a very um, obvious thing that they were showing, my brain were right back to that reflection scene. Was, oh, that's like what, that was kind of like the importance of this becoming a hive. Right. And I got not just the, one man. I got the message that when they were doing that scene with the reflections and mm-hmm. uh, the face is changing, I got the message that this is a hive. These are men that men and children that have been killed. Like I got that message very loud and clear. And then it wasn't until they were showing the credits of like mm-hmm. these men being and children being wrongly accused and killed that it was like, oh shit, like that's real. And like, obviously that's real, but yeah, it, it, and, it hit me hard. It was, it was heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like in the best way and the, best most important way because these stories need to be told and like people need to realize that you know the scariest part about this movie is that like shit like this happens but yeah it 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 got real real quick Mm -hmm. real fast and it was so heavy and i guess just to speak more on like a i guess like film making process or just I guess like film writing or whatever just I guess from like critiquing the film not so much the commentary because I don't there's nothing to critique on the commentary just more I guess just like I said I love the hive mind and everything but like from like a movie going like enjoyment experience and everything the thing that I find so different between this and the original is that like in the original the social commentary that they were doing it was like, they showed it. They didn't exactly tell it to us. Like, they showed it and they, they interwove it into the plot and the storytelling and everything in there. So, like, you got to experience and see things. And it was part of the plot and things like that. Whereas this one, I felt like it was, like, we didn't see a whole lot. Like, like everything we just said is, like, at the very end of the movie. And, I don't know, I felt like that this... Like they did, they like made sure that like there was no room for interpretation on this. So I guess just like 
I guess like selfishly, I was like, I want to like have some sort of like cool artistic, like, oh, I picked this up and like, this is what this means. It was very much just like, this is what we're showing you. This is exactly what we're referencing. This is what it means. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just find that, I guess just like, you know, if I were to pick, pick which one I want, I want like the interwoven into the plot and storytelling and everything. But like, this is a very important message in social commentary that I want to have. So like, I get why they were so blunt about it at the end. Well, and also the thing with the first one is the storyline of Candyman has the room for this message. And I'm not entirely sure that this message was always there. Mm -hmm. And with the first one, it was about a white woman. It wasn't really about Candyman. It was about this white woman dealing with Candyman. True. And this was... This movie was about Candyman. It was about Candyman. And becoming another Candyman. Like, what does that mean, really? Yeah. Let's move on to... I feel like we've talked a lot about the commentary. Um, and also, I also want to say that we aren't, like, experts. And we're just kind of... No, we are two... white people. We are two like, go very listen, white people. Yes, go listen to... Who know to, nothing about anything. Um, just trying to do our best. Yeah, so, like... Please, like, go and, like, listen to, like, other reviewers, especially, like, go listen to other, like, black uh, podcasters and black reviewers, like, movie reviewers, too, to, you know, just get, you know, get exposure and get, this is just our takeaway from it. Yes. And Candyman also, um, at the end of the movie, they did have a uh, resource for, um, to learn more about racial justice. And I want to say... I'm pretty sure it was Candyman Movie. A good resource to learn more about racial justice um, provided by Candyman and the makers of the movie um, is candymanmovie.com slash impact. Mm-hmm. And that would be another good place to check out. So one thing that I really want to talk about are, and again, this is getting away from the serious conversation that this movie uh, in- encourages people to have, but uh, the kills. I want to talk about the kills of this movie and which one was my favorite. Um, which one was your favorite? It was the art critic one. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. Okay. So the there's this, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know, what I'm, you know who I'm talking about. She's like this very snobby art critic and anthony goes to her apartment i forget why just to get because she's doing an article and she wanted some quotes right yeah and she's also very interested in like how his work has to deal with the macabre and there was there's two murders right in front of it um which i'm glad they got murdered yes i want to get to that but so anthony leaves the apartment and that we kind of just pan out and we still see her through like uh, her sliding glass doors from the balcony and we get to see like, you know, all the other apartments too, which by the way, there was a Jacksonville Jags game going on to one of those TVs. There's no way somebody in Chicago is wa- watching a Jags game. I just had to say that. Um, how did you, fi- how did you find Cause I saw Garner Minshew. He was the quarter. Anyways. So how did you even <laughs> see this? I had so my fantasy football deprived. You'll find it anywhere. I had my fantasy football draft after this movie. Anyways. Oh my God. So, so we pan out and we're, I'm kind of thinking like this is gonna be like a cool cutscene or whatever, but then we just see her lift up. Like we don't 
you know, Candyman's invisible. We don't see him. So we just see her lift up and her neck is cut in. She is uh, slammed up against the glass sliding door and she is dragged all the way across, leaving a blood trail. And it was, oh, it was so good. That's that's the one or that's, I think the first point in the movie where I made an audible gasp. I was like, oh, like, oh, that was so good. I liked that. And I also liked that they didn't highlight her death. Like they were actively zooming out, like they were actively showing other things, how life moves on around. Oh, that's and so good. And like they literally just were like, "Yep, this is another person gone, another just another death of Candyman, just another person living their life." And like I really appreciated that because it was something so brutal and something that they really could have like taken their time and like been like, "Ooh, look," but they were like, hmm. "Yeah." You know. Oh, yeah. And then we cut to Anthony and Brianna at dinner with some other, I guess, like, I don't think, I don't know if they're art critics or like art cur- curators or museum creators, but. Fancy art people. Fancy art people, yes. That's um, what we'll classify them as. And when they're at dinner, they all get the notification that she's been found dead. And he just like up and leaves. Yeah, like, he's just like, nope. <laughs> he's like, I have to go. But like, the... nothing says I might have murdered, been involved in all of these murders, like abruptly <laughs> leaving a dinner when you find out that another person has been killed. But it's interesting that, like, they were all kind of just like, oh, my God, that's wild. Like, you know, they just didn't care. They didn't, like, bat an eye, really. Yeah, they did. It. Did they? I don't I felt like they didn't, like, freak out enough. But um, that kind of leads me to talk about something I thought was really interesting about this movie is that they – and that's something I love about this is that they, like, uh, Nia DaCosta, I don't know if I mentioned this, but this movie was written by Nia, Nia DaCosta, Jordan Peele, and a gentleman named Wynn Rosenfeld, who produced Black Klansman. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. I liked, I really liked that they added in their own voice to this, and uh, the things that they decided to change I thought was really cool. So I love that they substituted the academic high society kind of group of people that we were kind of stuck with and substituted substituted that with like this artsy high society cl- class of people. I don't know. I just found that super interesting. And there's definitely like this other commentary on gentrification, but uh, uh, I kind of liked being stuck with people that weren't academics and these high class artsy people. I thought it was, I thought that was a very cool and unique change, which made sense for Anthony's character because he was a artist or painter but uh i i don't know i just really like that change yeah no i i definitely did too i liked that as well um i feel like the the voice that they gave this story was definitely one with purpose mm-hmm. and something else that was super cool about the filmmaking of this was that whenever we are in the pov of another character or just whenever anthony and another character are interacting on this on the screen together most of the time, there is some sort of reflection of Anthony in in the shot, like either by like a mirror or like some like glass window or something. Like so, whenever he's interacting with other people, there there's he's always being shown in a reflection, thus foreshadowing him oh, becoming Candyman. I didn't pick up on that. That was that was Good so catch, much catch, babe. <laughs> thanks. Uh, that was a lot of fun to pick up on throughout the movie. I picked up on Candyman's reflection everywhere. Which um, I wish they used Tony Todd. I get why they didn't because it didn't fit their narrative. Well, truth be told, a lot of the reflections that they had they were headless. 
But we did see the guy's face a lot. I'm just, I just okay. love Tony Todd. I just want to see him everywhere. So I know we don't get Tony Todd until the end, and you were heartbroken. And but I, I totally get why because this better fit their narrative and their own unique voice and reimagining of Candyman, which again I just love. Selfishly, I just want Tony Todd everywhere. <laughs> so, anyways, I love the, the the reflections that we got of him everywhere. It was so cool. Um. In terms of like acting, I the principal cast was really good. I just felt like all like the pr- the peripheral characters sucked. Um, I don't want to say sucked. I didn't like care for the one that I'm like really thinking of was the like art curator that Brianna worked with. Um, he was like the white guy with a beard that was oh, yeah. telling Anthony what to do. Uh, Clive. Yeah, the whole <sighs> Clive. Clive, and I maybe did not that's care for. why. Maybe that's why I was like, "Oh, thank God! Like, be the first to die. Like, get out, <laughs> get out of the way." Um, like Clive, like as a character written, was obviously not a good guy. We did not like him, but maybe, maybe the acting was also part of the reason I was excited. I hate to say that because every everybody tried their best, sure, <laughs> but like. The whole scene where, like, right before they get murdered, where he's like, "Don't, I don't want you to die. Not tonight. Not before we fuck. Like, his delivery on that was just, like, cringe. I hate this. Get me out of here. Yeah. I, I was really buying into the movie. And then when Clive came in, I was like, oh, I'm not buying this movie anymore. And then after he dies, like, okay, I'm back in. <laughs> yeah, it did make it a little hard to get into the movie because I was just like, what is this man? What is he doing? Why? Like, I get, I guess that he's supposed to, like, sleep with interns. Which Jerrica was her name. Jerrica? Okay, yeah. She also had a, she was better, but she, and it wasn't her fault. It wasn't the way she delivered the line. It was just the line itself. She was like, I'm on Nuva Ring. And I'm like, <laughs> I, she's like, I'm on Nuva Ring. And I was like, isn't Nuva Ring like the thing that's like inserted inside of you? Why would you say you're on it? Wouldn't you just say I have one? I don't know. <laughs> so the, the <laughs> he, he didn't like her sentence structures. No, that bugged me. I was just like, who talks like that? Like, it would be different if she's like, I'm on the pit. It also felt like an ad for Nuvering. Because, like, <laughs> you just said, like, I'm on the pill or, like. I have an IUD. Like, or... I, like I use protection. Like, I don't know. I'm on the Nuvering. <laughs> like, no. Like, I don't know. Uh, well. It wasn't her fault. She did great. <laughs> The clipping of the their little like kinky the, um, setup of like her being like here, let me clip my little like what, her what, belt or whatever, <laughs> like wallet chain, uh, their little wallet chain wallet, whatever the fuck. <laughs> She's like here, let me clip my pants onto your pants, and I was just like, mm, why? Disgusting. Is that, yeah. Is that supposed to be attractive? I don't. Maybe I'm just not cool. Maybe we're just not spicy like that. But we're just not artsy, high society people who wear little chains. Maybe that's what's wrong. Maybe I need to like start wearing little chains no, on my jeans. No, no, I'm cutting just... this off right here. No, thank you. All right, moving on. Moving on, Jesus. Um, so I 
like I said, there's a lot I liked about this. Um, kind of the last, this, this was a very, I don't know, kind of like off the wall episode. This was kind of just like our fresh takes on it and everything. Usually when he records anything, he watches it like 500 times. This was one take <laughs> this morning. It is now like 12 hours later. Yes. Yes. Actually, it's almost. Yeah, actually, it is like 12 hours later. Yeah, I looked at um, the clock before I said that. So but so I figured we'll squeeze in one actual segment that I do, which is a cabin in the woods trinket. So what sort of movie item or movie prop would you put in the cabin in the woods basement that dumb teenagers would find that would summon Candyman? OK, so first of all, it was a bee. There was no the, there was definitely a, a cabin in the woods trinket thing yeah. that brought all of this and it was a bee yeah i'm asking That's you what, what 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 you would put down there so you put a bee down there yeah but i mean <laughs> you, you don't pick that up it picked you it stung them that's interesting so i feel like there was a cabin in the woods trinket it just happened to be a live bee that <laughs> he didn't choose it it just kind of happened you just go to a cabin that has like wood bees all over it i'm I just have to say, but no, that's a good point. I do like that that idea that like because you know, Cabin in the Woods quote explains every horror movie. I do like that lens of like the bee was oops the bee was the trinket. I, I like that. Yeah, no, because it like that's the thing that set off the whole chain of events. He was stung. His whole life went to shit. His arm shriveled up. Like, I was going to say um, maybe like one of Anthony's like paintbrushes, like. Could be that, like, that'll be like something that you would find there that, like, someone could possibly pick up. I, that's not bad, but I feel like <laughs> if we're going with something that's not a bee, we can do better. Like Helen Lyle's recordings from the library. Of I feel like her, that would like, summon Helen because remember, she's also like a spooky character that you can summon too. How do you summon Helen? That's you say not... Helen five times in the mirror. Remember uh, her ex-fiancé or whatever, or ex-husband set, did that at the end of the movie? So, yeah. Well, uh, so I was thinking, I was thinking like Anthony's paintbrush or like maybe like his red beanie that he wore throughout the whole movie, which the whole time I was like, that's a really cool beanie. I like that. That would be interesting. <laughs> what about the fingernail he lost? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about that? <laughs> maybe, maybe a uh, a mirror. Like Oh, that's good. Not just like any mirror, but like the mirror from Callback to the first movie where like it was a door like Oh, like, like the, the medicine cabinet yeah, mirror. Like a detached medicine Which, cabinet mirror. I love the little nod because he used that as his, that was his art display. Yes. I like that. That was cool. Yeah. I thought that you were going to say the compact mirror that those shitty high school girls summoned him no, with. No, that was a weird side story I could have done without. I think that was just a like cue the body count or i'm sorry not cue to increase the body count which like whatever murder murder is good in movies so (laughs) (laughs) murder's good you hear it here folks i guess we'll go ahead and start to wrap things up um so overall our opinions are i like it i like it i would recommend going to see it i would recommend going to see it (laughs) also um and listen but to other people discuss this movie because there's a like as watch Kat, the first one first. Yes, and as Cat was saying earlier, there is a lot to unpack with the commentary that is in this. Oh my God, there's so much to unpack, and like it's there, the commentary is there throughout, but like it really hit heavy at the end. Mm-hmm. Especially the credits, like we said. Yeah, the the credits is specifically what I'm talking about. 
So I want to go ahead and say thank you to you for doing this with me. I I don't know, I just I didn't want to do this by myself. And I thought like, you know, we went and saw it together, so I, I thought it'd be fun to get like your perspective and both of our perspectives in on this. So thanks for doing this with me. Of course, happy to. And I want to go ahead and let people know what I got planned for next episode. Um, next episode, I will be discussing the movie Sinister with uh, this awesome guy from Podzilla. His name is Jasher. Jasher's from New Zealand and he and I coordinated and we got to talk about Sinister. So very excited for y'all to hear about that discussion. And the following week, so like late September, will be my kill grade for Fear Street 1994. And please don't hate me, I was kind of critical of that movie, but I did grade the kills. I liked it better than you did. Yes, that is true. But I give my reasonings why there, and I will just wait a couple weeks and you'll hear that. But uh, like I said, next week will be Sinister, and I want to say thank you to Shelly for being such an awesome supporter. She has she supports me and buy me a coffee. If you want to, you could head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Horror. And Shelly, it's really awesome. Kat and I, we have had really awesome Zoom calls with Shelly and her husband, Kev. And they're just. Hi, Shelly. Su- Hi, Kevin. Yes, they are super <laughs> awesome. They've sent us lots of nice gifts and cards and everything. They are yes, just the for best our people. Engagement. Yes. And, and I want to say thank you to Dustin over Dustin Kareed. Dustin sent us a surprise Blu ray gift. He sent us Haunted Honeymoon with uh, Gene Wilder. Love it. Super excited. Never seen it, but I love me some Gene Wilder. Should we watch it and do like a review of it together? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah, let's do that. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Okay, so yeah, we'll do that sometime. I don't know when. I don't know. Sometime. And again, thank you, Dustin. And thank you. Thank you, Dustin. (laughs) And thank you to everybody who's been listening. And again, this was kind of just like a very spontaneous, off-the-wall recording. This was kind of all over the place. But I hope that you got to enjoy it. And I will see you next week with Sinister. All right, guys, be sure to enjoy good movies. Bye. Bye.